Good morning and welcome to worship to all those who are joining us online today. It's good that we can be together no matter where we are or who we are with. We gather today for Christ has risen from the grave. He died and rose that we might have eternal life. Christ ascended to the Father. He ascended that we might experience God's power and presence. Today, we celebrate the ascension of our Lord. So let us worship and glorify Christ together. Let us pray. Almighty God, we come today reminded of your greatness and glory, your sovereign power and eternal purpose, all expressed so wonderfully in Jesus Christ, 
our Lord, risen and ascended. We thank you for the wonder of the ascension, that marvellous yet mysterious moment in the life of the disciples, which left them gazing heavenwards in confusion, yet departing in joy. We thank you for the way that it brought the earthly ministry of Jesus to a fitting conclusion, signifying his oneness with you and demonstrating your final seal of approval on all that he had done. We thank you that through his ascension, Jesus is now set free to be Lord of all, no longer bound to a particular place or time, but with us always able to reach even to the ends of the earth. We thank you that through his departing, Jesus prepared for his coming again, through his spirit, his church, and his coming again in glory. Gracious God, forgive us for so often failing to grasp the wonder of the ascension, for living each day as though it had never been. Forgive the smallness of our vision, the narrowness of our outlook, the weakness of our love, the nervousness of our witness, our repeated failure to recognise the fullness of your revelation in Christ. Give us a deeper sense of wonder, a stronger faith and a greater understanding of all you have done. Father God, like the disciples, we too will never fully understand all the ascension means. We accept, but we do not fully understand. We believe, yet we have many questions. Help us, despite our uncertainty, to hold firm to the great truth that the wonder of Christ Jesus goes far beyond anything we can ever imagine. And in that faith, may we live each day to his glory and honour. Amen. The Lord's Prayer Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The reading this morning is taken from Luke chapter 24 verses 44 to 53. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day 
and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. Thanks be to God. Amen.
Have you ever read a book and turned the last page only to discover that it's missing just as you got to the cliffhanger? Do you hate watching TV programmes when it reaches the climax of the storyline and the words flash on the screen to be continued? Or you get to the end of EastEnders and you hear that familiar drum roll that tells you that you're not going to find out what's going on. I hate that happening. But I think that Theophilus, the person that Luke was writing to, must have felt a bit like that. And I feel sorry for him. He's read in Luke's account of Jesus' birth, of his ministry, of his life and death and resurrection. He's read of the occasions when Jesus appeared to the disciples after the resurrection. And just as he's thinking, what happens next? Jesus is taken up to heaven and the story comes to an abrupt end. It's as though that final piece, that final page is missing. And especially so when commentators think that Luke didn't write the next instalment for between three and ten years. That isn't exactly to be continued, same time, same place, here next week, is it? But Luke ends his gospel on a high note, on one of the most important aspects of the Christian faith. The ascension is when we celebrate the departing of Jesus into heaven, his being lifted up suddenly into the clouds, using figurative language to describe the indescribable. I'd go as far as to say that the Ascension is almost the forgotten celebration of Christianity. We celebrate Easter and Jesus' resurrection. Next week we shall celebrate Pentecost, but we seem to forget about Ascension that comes between. And that is a great pity because it has many implications for life and faith today. For the disciples, the Ascension probably meant the truth was finally beginning to dawn. Alleluia! Jesus was not just the Son of God, Jesus was God. How incredible! They had spent three extraordinary years with God himself. Jesus was not only a human being, but also God. At the beginning of his ministry, when he called them to follow him, they didn't really have a clue about who he was. They knew he was a gifted preacher and teacher, someone special, but it was only later, much later, that they saw him as the Son of God. Even when Peter declared Jesus to be the Messiah, did he actually think that Jesus was God? When Jesus drove, rode into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, his followers expected him to claim political authority and an earthly kingdom. So when they saw him nailed to a cross, it must have seemed as though everything that they believed in was wrong. A terrible and tragic mistake. Even after the resurrection, they didn't fully understand who and what he was. Their faith was constantly being tested and growing and it was in this mysterious event we call the Ascension they came to realise as they had never realised before that Jesus was both human 
just like them and God. He was a king, but his kingdom was not of this world. He came to bring life, but nothing like they'd ever known before. He had died, but death was not the end. The cross, which seemed a place of defeat, was really a place of victory. I don't know about you, but I sometimes forget that Jesus, my friend, is God. I treat him with a lack of respect. I realise that I don't worship him as I should. I make our relationship too pally, a bit too matey, when I should be down on my knees before him. Yet the amazing truth is that God is my friend and God wants to be my friend. Do you realise that your friend Jesus is God? The one who died for you on a cross, the one who walks with you through life, the one who listens and understands, the one who calls you by name, he is God. To be worshipped and adored, that God should love you and me is the most amazing thing. But the ascension of Jesus was absolutely necessary. Jesus had to go back to the Father. It would have been great for those disciples if he'd stayed with them and stuck around, but what would the future have looked like? The ascension means that Jesus was not only present with them then, he is with us now. And he will be with those who come in the future. The ascension brings the assurance that Christ is present in the world and in the church today. He's not left us on our own, but is present with us. His last words to the disciples are words that I've been focusing on for the past few weeks. Jesus' words in Luke's gospel, you will be witnesses to these things. We may shrink back from the responsibility of making more disciples of Jesus, but we are not alone in this task. Jesus doesn't send us out to get on with it. He is with us, going before us in fact. So we don't have to view it as a terrifying responsibility in which we are left alone to find our own words, but we have this wonderful privilege given to us in which Jesus shares in the work and gives us the words to say. I'd like to tell you a true story. Quite a few years ago now, friends of ours went to Florida on holiday with their two children and one day they went to Wet n Wild, a water park. They parked themselves down and our friend and the two girls went off swimming and her husband sat with all the bags and another family came and sat beside them and the man plonked himself down and the wife and the children went off swimming and the two men got talking and they were having a really good conversation but our friend noticed that lots of people kept walking past and looking at the man he was talking to and people kept nudging one another but he couldn't work out what on earth was going on. A short while later, our friend and the children came back and they couldn't believe what they were seeing. Our friend was sat talking to Ian Wright, who at the time was playing for England. 
Now, Keith, our friend, was not a football fan, so he didn't recognise who Ian Wright was. And actually, even if he had have done, as a non-football fan, he wouldn't have cared less anyway. He just thought he was some random bloke that he was having a really good chat with. In our world today, it seems that we sometimes have a very strange view of who or what deserves glory and adoration. We see it in that cult of celebrity all around us, whether that is an actor or a pop star or a sports personality. And people who are on the front pages of our newspapers for no apparent reason, or at least that's the way it seems to me. That glory is here today and gone tomorrow. In a few years, we might even wonder who that person was in the first place. But the ascension of Jesus points to a different sort of glory, a glory that goes way beyond all human ideas of what it actually is. Glory that is centered in the person of Jesus Christ, a glory and adoration that we give to the one who gave his life in our place and gave his life for the freedom of the world, not to someone who can kick a football. I wonder how you think the disciples felt when right in front of their eyes, Jesus was taken away from them up to heaven. Did they have a sense of awe and wonder? Did they have a sense of what on earth is going on? They certainly praised and worshipped him. But it must have been tinged with a moment of sadness, for they would never see his face again, not this side of heaven at least. So was the ascension the end of the story? Well, according to Luke, it wasn't the end at all. Jesus had spoken to the disciples of the work that lay ahead of them and the special power that they would be given in order to carry it out. He gave them a promise. God has something new in store for you. Wait here and be patient. And this new power, this new presence will be greater than his physical presence. So he was returning to his father so that this power, the Holy Spirit, could come. Just as Jesus was anointed for his ministry at his baptism, so the disciples would be for theirs. And that's the East Enders drum roll for this morning, as I hand the baton over to Chris to share that special moment and that special event, Pentecost, next week. This is our to be continued moment. We see in Jesus' ascension the most amazing truth of all. Jesus is God. God who truly deserves our worship, our adoration, our praise and indeed our lives. And so Luke's story ends. But it also begins. He leaves us with those loose ends. He whets our appetite to turn over and to look at the second part of the story in Acts. There will be no more physical encounters with Jesus, but his ascension opens the way for the coming of the Holy Spirit. 
Now the earthly life of Jesus has come to an end and he must return to the rightful place in heaven beside his father. But his going means that he is even closer to us than he has ever been before, closer than the air we breathe. It means that he isn't just confined to one time or one place, but he is everywhere. No person beyond his love, no situation outside his care. Jesus is right here at this moment and he is with you and he is with me always and forever. Amen. so we pray. Gracious God, it is in the giving of our resources and of ourselves that we receive. In denying ourselves that we discover true riches. So we make our offering, seeking no reward except to know you better and to serve you more faithfully. For in that is fullness of life. Receive our praise for that priceless gift. In Jesus' name, Amen. Here are our prayers for others. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, ruler of all, servant of all, 
We pray for the kingdoms and rulers of this world, that those in positions of authority may use their power in the service of their people and for the good of all. We pray for the President of India, charged with managing a steep rise in COVID cases, and for all the other leaders of G7 countries as they work towards a greener future for the planet. Servant King, help us to follow your example. We pray for our own country, for the royal family, and especially as our Queen, as she grieves for her husband. We pray for our political leaders, that they may follow her example of service, dedication to duty and commitment. Servant King, help us to follow your example. As the UK looks towards rebuilding the economy and establishing resilience against viruses, we pray that our government and parliament will lead us out of a strong sense of duty and service. We ask that you help us all to work together to build a fairer society, a better world with peace and reconciliation as our goals. Servant King, help us to follow your example. Lord, we hold before you our local councils as they begin to look to the future after the recent elections. We ask that they may look to you as their example of self-sacrifice and service for the good of others. We pray that your kind of love be the norm for which we all strive. May your kingdom come despite everything that seems to fight against it. Servant King, help us to follow your example. We ask this in your name. Amen.
As people of faith, we have gathered online for worship. As people of faith, we now turn to the world. We go out to share the story of faith, the story of life with the world around us. We share our faith in word and in deed, in speech and in action. As you go out, give a living witness. As you go out, testify to God's loving action in the world. Go knowing that God goes with you, sharing the laughter and the hope, the fears and the tears. Thanks be to God. Amen. <laughs>